You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode four of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, still doing well. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. We're still playing, you know, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank, thank heaven for small mercies. And um, I mean, we have got plenty of um, we've got plenty of football to be talking about, plenty of league action to be talking about, some really healthy crowds as well. So obviously the punters are enjoying football while they've got it. It's been a it's been a good month for football, I'd say. A lot of goals flying in and stuff. So yeah, I think it's been a been a success so far. Absolutely. Well, and long may it continue to be. Um, yep. But of course, if that is going to be the case, then we're all going to have to do our part. Uh, I mean, our clubs, I think, are doing a fantastic job at the moment of, uh, well, getting the getting the fans in, keeping them in, which is great. But um, of course, supporters, players, managers, we've all got to do our bit to make sure um, that we keep playing for as long as possible, um, which is, I'm sure, a theme that we'll be returning to on the podcast um, over the coming months. Um, but uh, as far as this week's episode's concerned we're going to be kicking off with um, an interview from the Exmouth town manager Kevin Hill and then uh, our first division interview will be with Chris Wise the manager of Wincanton town and I promise not to make any jokes at all about horse racing <laughs> um, uh, before we get into the action on 20, uh, Saturday the 26th of September um, we did have um, some FA Cup first round qualifying action in the week um, that's just gone past. We won't dwell on it too much because unfortunately the Western League's interest in the Football Association Cup has now ended. Um, I know for many clubs actually the whole competition particularly starting so early in September with the threat of it being behind closed doors as well was more trouble than it was worth but anyway that particular competition is over for us. All of our clubs um, succumbing in the end although um, Tavistock did take Gosport Borough to penalties Um, so uh, close but no cigar there but anyway we we return to league action and that's very much how we'll start this edition of the podcast. We'll kick off with a real humdinger a a classic top of the Premier Division table encounter um, between Bridgewater Town and Exmouth Town. Yeah absolutely the game and well as you mentioned one of the uh Got, got the big crowd it deserved 238 there at Fairfax Park but it was the away side who uh, who ran out victors eventually in this one um, they went ahead in inside 15 minutes thanks to an own goal uh, with uh, Jordan Harris then finishing well to, to make it 2-0 pretty soon after so a good start for, for Exmouth uh, Bridgewater opened the second half in, a, in perfect fashion uh, got back uh, within the goal uh, Sam Towler uh, pulling the goal back for the home side uh, to set up a, 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 an interesting second half. Uh, but it was Exmouth who, uh, who claimed the, the fourth goal of the game to, to run out 3-1 victors, and that was Aaron Denny, uh, smashed the ball home just before the hour mark. Uh, and they held on after that to, to claim the 3-1 win. Now, of course, last season was Exmouth Town's first season in the Tool Station Western League, and that gave us the opportunity to speak to their manager, Kevin Hill. The last time I spoke to Kevin was in February. That was, of course, before all of this COVID nonsense had kicked off. So I thought I'd open up my conversation with Kevin by asking him and what he made of the end of last season. It could have been two ways, really. To be be fair, you could have carried on playing it and let it simmer out and just finish finish the season off whether it was April, March, Christmas time next year and 
if this had gone in, you could have not had a season this year and give you a whole season a year blank so everybody recovers. But obviously, clubs do need to survive. Yeah, me personally, the situation we were in down next month, it's wrong, but it's right. We, we finished, but the amount of stuff we've managed to do around the, the ground and everything like that in the COVID situation is it's been a plus for us as Exmouth. Obviously, we finished. Obviously, everything COVID shut down, but obviously, when we were allowed back a little bit and people were looking for stuff to do, we took to the other side, me, uh, a couple others, and then the fans started to join in, the Muff Towns, and we've managed to do massive improvements around our ground. So you've you've turned the negative into a positive, which is which is fantastic. And I mean, we have to say, let's let's talk about the football. You've started yep. this season um, very much as you know. You had a good season last season, but you started this season in the same in the same vein. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look at that game at Bridgewater at the weekend. Bridgewater's never an easy place for anybody in the Western League to go. So you must have been absolutely delighted uh, delighted with the three points there. I'll be honest, Steve. I was I was quite worried about the actual start on our fixture list. We had obviously came from the FA Cup right at the beginning, and we struggled on three G last year. I think we lost them all. Of course, then we got partway away as our first game because we beat Canesham. Then we had Melksham, a league higher, and then we had Tavistock. So basically, if, if people would call it, most probably Plymouth first favourites, Tavistock second favourites to go up. And we got them in the first two league games, then followed followed them by um, a league below up, then followed by Street away and Bridgewater away. Like you say, Bridgewater's always a tough place to go, and even Street. Yeah. And to come away with what we've done, obviously, I'm delighted. I can't ask no more. Any winner at Street, any winner at Bridgewater, yes, it is an our place to go. Most really like people say about our place, it is our place. To go. We, I think we lost there last year at Bridgewater. I think we have done times before we've gone there. So I think Bridgewater are in a, a difficult situation. They've not started brightly like they have done before. So it might be the right time for us to catch them. You mentioned Parkway in that run of fixtures. And Tavistock, and one of the one of the, the the oddities, I'm sure it hasn't escaped you, is that of course, having played Parkway and Tavistock um, already this season, um, you've got them again before the middle of um, before the middle of October. You, that will have been, that will have completed the sort of the, the double. I mean, how do you feel about getting those those types of games out of the way early this season? Lovely. If if it all pans out, which if it was done as on paper and people predictions and that lot. Potentially got the top two over and done within the first month and a half. And we've also got Bridgewater, so we'd have got Bridgewater done twice. We'd have had Partway done home and away. We'd have had Tavistock done home and away. And if we're still in their line around, mingling around, it's nice to get them games that way. But then I'm no fool. I know that like, the Bristol size this year have improved. Obviously, Cadbury, he's signed in a lot of Mangusville players. Obviously, Roman Glass having a few. Brisbane having a few. You know what I mean? Shepton will still be up there strong, but... It will be good, obviously, Bradford. So I think there's a lot more Bristol sides that are actually stronger this year than they were last. Uh, when we spoke last season, you, you, you told me that the club were working on a five-year plan to get Exmouth into the Southern League. Is is that still the case? Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's, it's been shown by, obviously, the media team and the fans coming on board. Yes, we've just come up. And Exmouth have never, ever been in the Southern League. Years ago, they were in the Great North Western, as it was back then. When I first started, they've had a good run. They've always running years ago. But, you know, it's like all the non-league clubs. They build up, they go up too fast, and they come crashing down. I think what we're doing, we, we get good support, we follow it, everything. And we just want to be somewhere like where Willem were. Willem just up from us. We're sat in the league for three, four years, 
got themselves right, got themselves a stuff. And when they're ready to go up, because it's more travelling, it's more people finishing work early, just making sure we're in the right place and we're ready for it. Because you're not like them. You can always go jump, jump a few leaves, and next one, if it, ca- if it catches you out, and next one, you find yourself back down. Because you've got to weigh in all the factors of the travelling costs and things as people leaving work early. You know what I mean? So, so, so you're, you're looking for another strong finish in the league this season, but you're not necessarily that bothered about finishing on top of the pile. No, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be honest too. We, we, we're using it as well. Obviously, Parkway are massively wanting to go up and they're showing no bones about their signings. They are favourites and some of the signings they made have been great signings for them. And it'd be hard to compete like that, but you've got no pressure. It's... We look at it as a free season for us, as long as we don't get relegated. But at the same time, we, we do our best. And if we're up near the mix at the end, we'll make that decision. But like, like I said before, I'm on board with the club. It's We want to stay there. We want to get the club where it's in a good place. You know what I mean? And it's nice to come. We, we get good support. So when we do go up, even if we go up and we struggle when we go up, it's, it's everything's still in place for not a massive crash. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're ready for it. So, but... Behind the scenes, everything's run out. The fans have gone and got turnstiles. We know we need turnstiles if ever we did get promoted. If not, it doesn't make a difference, you know what I mean? But all things are improving around the ground. It's not just come from the club. I think the club have hardly put any money in. It's just been the fans and local businesses coming in and seeing what's happening and just donating and building stuff for us, putting new paths down. It's been brilliant. Notwithstanding the, 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 the stuff we've talked about with the fixture list already, throwing you up a pretty... Um, tricky start to the season. I mean, you've also had to come to terms with the COVID restrictions, um, you know, with the, the, the social distancing in the dugout, the issues to do with changing rooms and that sort of thing. I mean, how have you found those um, to contend with this season? Don't get me wrong, it's been, it's been awkward. Right at the very beginning, it was awkward when you're going in in groups of four, sixes or whatever, and it's trying to get all your timings right. And I'm a manager, obviously I've got managers. I, I'm attention to detail, and I like everything on times. If I'm late, I'm a bit put off. I'm a bit superstitious if we want to organise the stuff certain ways. You know what I mean? And obviously, it's for us back a little bit. You're going in there, driving different times. And like I said, mass sometimes. Uh, I like you said, it's a new norm. Everyone's in the same boat. Just glad to be playing football again. Well, let's talk about football. You've got Bridport coming up, then a difficult trip to Bradford Town. But there's no point getting something in Wiltshire if you can't get something out of that game against Bridport, is there? No, exactly. We, we, take every game at time, as I said last year. We, we are, and I don't mind saying about Exmouth, we're one of these sides where I love my team. When we're on top, is to put five or six past somebody, but we don't seem to do that. I don't know, we just do enough, we just do enough. And last year, we've always done it the last couple of years I've been here, where if you see some of the Tavistock's uh, Plymouth, they'll end up beating somebody 7-8-1, where we'll just get through. Yeah, and the same team. It's, it's a frustrating thing about it. I love to be able to be strong and keep us going and rolling, scoring. But people think Pop Bridport turn up Wednesday. Oh, look where the position's on me. That doesn't mean nothing. Yes, we know we're strong at home. Which is advantage to us. We're very good at home. I'll, I'll admit that. But they're the things you've got to get as a manager. I've got to get them on my players' heads. If they switch off, the reason we're at this level is because we can't just switch it on and off when we want it. We have to be at our best from start to finish. Otherwise, it doesn't work for Exmouth. So 
the lads will know what they've got to do. If any of them are off on the day, then yes, we tend to struggle. And then going into Bradford, I automatically know we'll be up for it. We didn't play a match. You know, they're a big side. And every time we seem to play a big side, we always seem to just up it a little bit and nothing to lose, especially if we're underdogs. It makes it even better for us. Ah, but looking forward to that. But then obviously after Bradford, we've got Plymouth Parkway and we've got Tavistock again. We've got a hell of an October. <laughs> you have. So, I look at it as one game at a time and if, yes, we can lose to any of the others, Parkway, Tavistock, but we are, we are strong at home and we've got Bradford away. So, if you'd have looked at the fixture list and like you said before on the points per game, it's hard to say, you said the first, the first two months I could have ended up with like, Eight nine games with three points or something like that. So, so it's still anybody lose to anybody on the day. And like I said, Bridgeport beat Bridgewater at home the other day. So that put me in good stead. And my thanks to Kevin for his time. Now moving on to a side that really struggled um, last season. Of course, probably um, one of the decisions to expunge that season, I'm sure, was very much greeted in in Odd Down. Um, but um, they did have it a difficult um, time of it at the end of last season, and I think many people thought that they'd be picking up well where they left off. Well, that hasn't quite been the case, has it, Tom? No, I think they've made a, a pretty bright start. Uh, their latest win, I think they're up into the top half after this one. Uh, a 4-1 win over over Bridport, and they're certainly scoring more goals than they were last year. I think that was one of the one of the things I was struggling uh, struggling in front of goal. But a 4-1 win, um, yeah, moved up into tenth. Yeah. Tom Bird just put in the head just before um, just before the end of the first half, so that was a, a good finish to the to the half for them. Uh, and then it was Will Hunter and Joe Jarvis early in the second half, so they really turned the game. Yeah, turned the game in in their favour uh, around the half-time period, taking a three-goal lead. Uh, an own goal uh, did give Bridport a glimmer of hope, but it was odd down. Uh, um, yeah, who scored their their fourth in the in, in stoppage time? That was Dylan Hat. So uh, yeah, good a good win uh, again for the Bath side. And next we have Roman Glass St George. Now, of course, they were one of the fancied sides um, going into this season. Their opponents, Cadbury Heath, bit of a surprise package. Of course, we've already spoken to Mitch Hodge on the podcast this season. They've had some very impressive results. So this was, uh, well, as the scoreline would suggest, Tom, this one was a was a close affair. It was, and it, it went down to the uh, the closing stages before uh, before it was decided. Um, yeah, and I think the well potentially the signing of the signing of the off season uh, definitely so far anyway um, made his mark again. Uh, ben Bamant, uh, five minutes from time he stepped up to to score the winner again for Roman Glass, uh, but they they nearly missed out on the opportunity of another three points. Ryan Radford uh, having a penalty uh, on the hour mark that was that was missed. Uh, but yeah, Roman Glass uh, roll on four wins on the bounce and uh, four clean sheets as well. So um, yeah, absolutely fantastic start for them. Plenty of goals at Shepton Mallet, seven in total. Um, Shepton, again, another one of those sides that people are talking about this season. Bitten, of course, and we know how strong they are. Not that long ago, of course, they were involved in that FA Vars semi-final. Well, this was a, a, an absolute thriller, wasn't it? And it got a it got a really healthy crowd at Shepton Mallet. Another crowd of 200 plus. Uh, fantastic to see, and uh, yeah, really, really good game. Shepton just couldn't quite shake off Bitten. Uh, but they did hold on, did eventually hold on for the the three points. Uh, only one goal in the first half. Uh, that was from Joe Morgan for the home side. So they led at the break. Uh, Morgan then doubled their advantage. Uh, but Bitten um, after that, yeah, just um, yeah, really dug in. Uh, Asa Korik uh, pulling a goal back. 
following a good run uh, and cross from Callum Ball. Uh, but yeah, the goals then just continued to, to, to flow in. Uh, Matt Morris restoring the home side's 2-1, uh, two-goal lead uh, before Ryan Barth went straight up the other end and, and pulled, pulled got bitten within a goal once more. Um, yeah, and it, con- it continued. Uh, bitten uh, conceding a fourth. Uh, Shepton Mallets uh, Tyson Pollard making it 4-2 but yeah once again uh, Bitten pulled a goal back from Liam Bishop uh, but it was Mallet who uh, yeah eventually did as I say hold out for the 4-3 the win and uh, yeah a really good afternoon for them uh, eventually and it was James Billings 250th appearance for the club I believe so uh, congratulations wow. to, to James yeah that is a, a heck of an achievement it certainly is and um, oh, I'm sure he was up all the happier for that um, for that for that really impressive result. Another result that really just sort of shows just how competitive the the Premier Division is this season. You know, with um, with 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 Bitten, of course, we still expect them to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. But you know, dropping valuable points as Plymouth Parkway had you know gone for another win and. Um, plenty of sides doing very well at the at the top of the Premier Division already. One of those sides, of course, is Tavistock. And uh, they were involved in another seven-goal thriller. But uh, this one's not quite so as uh, as tight as the Shepton mallet bitten game. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, Tavistock, 5-2 uh, winners over Halland. And it was Liam Prynne uh, who played the, a starring role for the Lambs, uh, scoring a first-half hat-trick. Uh, yeah, the Lambs really, really flew out the blocks. Uh, two goals ahead inside uh, the opening 10 minutes uh, through Jack Crago and Josh Grant. They score more often than not. Uh, so, yeah, good start for Tavistock. Uh, Halland... Uh, pulled a goal back through Jordan Whitaker, uh, but then yeah, Prin really took over the game. Uh, scored three goals in the space of 20 minutes, uh, making it 5-1 at the break. So uh, yeah, pretty much putting the game to putting the game to bed. Uh, Sasha Tong did get a late consolation, but uh, yeah, it was Tavistock who uh, yeah ran out 5-2 victors. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving into the first division, and we kick off at uh, Southfields Recreation Ground. Radstock Town, of course, who had a very good season last season. Um, bit of a stuttering start this uh, this campaign, and uh, and so that continued on Saturday. The team that you don't want to come up against in the first division when you're looking to find some form is Corsham Town. I think that would be fair to say, Tom. <laughs> Definitely on the back of this result. I mean... I don't think many people will have seen seen this coming. A 7-2 win uh, away, away from home for Corsham. Uh, yeah, really uh, <laughs> putting putting Radstock in their place a little bit, didn't they? Uh, definitely the result of the day. Uh, they trailed, well, the home side trailed by three goals within half an hour. So it was really, um, yeah, really tough afternoon for them. Scott Gregory did pull a goal back. Uh, but yeah, Caution pushed on. Uh, Jamal Chevalier, he's yeah, very very prolific at this level. He scored a hat trick. Uh, Lee Rogers uh, bagged bagged two goals, uh, and uh, there was also further goals from James Vincent and Gary Higdon. Uh, but James Rustle did manage to to get on the score sheet uh, for for Radstock, which is uh, which is not surprising. He's uh, obviously uh, another 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 of our star strikers at this level. But yeah, not his afternoon and not Radstock's afternoon. A massive win for for Caution. 
Now, moving on to Sherbourne Town. Again, they were one of the sides that did well last season, expecting um, good things from them this campaign. Um, we know, don't we, every week we talk about how the results in the um, in the first division um, ebb and flow and fluctuate. Well, Ashton and Backwell United have started stronger than most, and that really continued away at Sherbourne on Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, a 3-1 win uh, for Ashton. Um Sherbourne, yeah, disappointing start. They've only won one of their first five. Um, let's see, there's quite a few teams that haven't played as many as others, but it is Ashton who, who sit top in the early stages here. Uh, a 3-1 win. A pair of goals inside the opening 10 minutes from Ben Jones and Jordan Scadding really laying the foundations for this one. Uh, Alex Murphy did manage to, to half the deficit, uh, but then Callum Townsend uh, wrapped up the victory uh, for the Stags. So a 3-1 win for them away at Sherbourne. Now, another side that started the first division season very brightly was Warminster Town. Um, But um, I think if Warminster, for those of us who've been watching them over recent seasons, unfortunately, um, consistently inconsistent. And uh, so it proved on Saturday, Tom. Yeah, first uh, league defeat of the season for them. Uh, But coming against the Bishop Sutton side, yeah, who, well, a little bit like Odd Down, probably, yeah, um, looking for a bounce back season this year. And uh, yeah, they started... Started perfectly. Two wins from two in the league. Um, a win away at Warminster. Not not much to groan about for them at the moment. Um, Oakland Bucks scoring just before half time uh, to put Bishops on ahead. Uh, but Warminster did level early in the second half through Francois Allen. He's really hit the ground running this season. So a, a good good start for him, and that made it one all. Uh, but it was the visitors, uh, yeah, who who claimed the three points. Callum Baker keeping his cool uh, from 12 yards. Uh, about 15 minutes from time uh, and Bishop Sutton held out and they were 2-1 winners. Congratulations to them. And finally in the first division, Wing Canton Town. They took on, um, well, again, a side in Lebec that had been in good form. Um, Wing Canton have had a couple of difficult results to start the season, but um, they seem to have found their feet. I can't believe you didn't say they're at the races, but there we go. Uh, a 3-2 win for Wing Canton. A little bit of, um, yeah, a little bit of, uh, Gloss added to the result on the on the Lebec side. Two late goals from them. Well, I mean, gave gave one Canton a late scare, uh, but they did dominate for for most of the most of the match by the sounds of it. Uh, and it was a uh, yeah, it was a hat trick uh, that decided this one. Dan Wise, uh, he proved uh, proved too hot a handle for the away side, uh, scoring all three of Win Canton's goals and a three two win for them, uh, helping them uh, yeah, it's a second league win of the the season. When Canton have had an eventful start to the season, four straight defeats, and now that's two wins back to back. So I started my interview with Chris Wise, the manager of Wincanton, by asking him whether he thinks his his season has started to settle down a little bit now. It's just a nightmare, to be honest. Um, I went into the first game of the season at Oldmansbury away with uh, I've only got quite a small squad as it is, and eight of the people who would be in the squad week in week out unavailable either through injury or suspension. I had two suspensions carry over from the last game of last season, which was pretty frustrating. Um, that was Both got two yellows in the last game of the season and we ended up with, with nine men. Um, obviously no results counted from last year, but the, uh, the suspension still did, unfortunately. Um, and then we had another suspension over the, over the pre-season. I don't think I've ever had so many sending-offs ever. Um, and yeah, it meant that with five injuries as well, we went to Almondsbury, for example, with about eight. The second game of the season, then um, Warminster, I got the three suspended lads back, but all of the five injured players are still out. Um, and we're gradually, week by week, just getting people back now. Um, we've still got 
a couple of lads, Danny Golden and Brett Cottrell, who, who are yet to yet to kick a ball this season. But apart from that, we're, we're almost almost back up to full strength. So two wins on the bounce, both came at home. So has returning to Wincanton Sports Ground been a help to you? Um, it, we always like playing at home. And um, to be honest, the performances changed from last Saturday away to Ashton and Backwell. We lost 2-1, uh, a late goal, and they scored two offset pieces. Um, to, to be honest, um, even kind of talking to, to Stu after, we definitely deserve something from that game and the performances changed from that. And so that they've been really good all the last three. Obviously, we beat Bishop Lydiard last Tuesday, 4-0 at home. Um, and then Lebec, obviously, on Saturday. Um, and that finished 3-2. I mean, we were 3-0 up with, I think it was eight minutes to go. And, it, and they made it for a, a bit of a nervy finish. But it, it was a bit more of a convincing win than what the, the scoreline suggests. Obviously, you conceded quite a few goals against Cheddar. So, I mean, have you been a little bit worried about your um, solidity at the back so far? Uh, I mean, Cheddar was... Uh, I've managed quite a few games now, and Cheddar, I'll be honest, was the hands-down the worst game I've ever been involved with as a manager um, in terms of the team performance. It was just absolutely shambolic, absolutely shambolic. Um, we were 3-0 down inside 10 minutes, 5-0 down by half-time. It was... I was it was unbelievable, really. Um, so you've got to hand it to Cheddar. They were different class on the night, and they really did pull us around a lot. Um, we were equally bad as they were good, but yeah, they did play very, very well. Um, in any other game, though, this season, I mean, like I said, we lost to we lost Almondsbury, we lost to Warminster, and we lost to um, Ashland and Backwell two one by one goal margin in all those games, and then yeah. All of a sudden, bang, we were absolutely stumped by Cheddar. Uh, then we kept a clean sheet at, um, at home to Lydiard and conceded two late goals to Lebec, um, but, but still won the game. So I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned overall. Obviously, the, the Cheddar game in isolation was very concerning and we had to kind of have a team meeting off the back of it and just uh, um, a bit more of an intense um, session than what we would normally have, in fact, than we've ever had. Um, off the back of it and we had to work on some things that we've then taken into these next games and we've seen massive progress and massive improvement. I mean, in all seriousness, I know it's not been you know the best of starts and you've described some of the problems you've had with selection, but of course we have had the coronavirus in the background and that's affected pre-season as well. So, I mean, was it as you would have wanted it? No, I don't think, it's, um, I don't think it was as any manager would have wanted it. It's so hard to plan prepared not knowing when you're going to start um, it really made it quite tricky we, we haven't touched wood so far had kind of some of the problems that I've heard of from other clubs although I've kind of got no doubt that it, it probably will hit every club at some time or the other and there's going to be games pulled off this year because of it we've seen it already in the league um, thankfully none of the fest ever affected us so far but I'm, I'm sure kind of the way things are going they, they will at some point unfortunately um, but it's just been it's just made it difficult to plan and to, to get things prepared when you didn't know a firm start date and like any other year. What about your um, um, your team from from last season? Obviously, you know, you and I we've done a few interviews now over the years. I mean, have you kept a settled side this season, or have you have you um, mixed it up a bit by bringing in a few new faces? We've uh, we've brought in a few more. Um, we, we've kept. Um, well, I think we, we only lost one player over the summer. Um, uh, Chris Hastings signed for, for Bridport. 
uh, a defender, but then we bought in, we bought in a, a fair few actually. We bought in kind of four or five um, new faces to kind of bolster the squad. So we've got the existing squad with these new faces in the round as well. Tom Richardson, who played for Bridport in Portland, um, he's come in at Minster. He's come in and been first class for us. Um, Mike Taylor, who used to captain Wincanton um, before I joined, and then he, he retired and has had kind of years off, but he's still he's still a good age now, and he's come in and been brilliant at the heart of defence. Um, Aaron Wallace, another good player who kind of gives us some shape out wide. Matt Garner, a big six foot seven centre forward, who's a um, just gives us a different dimension and some power. Um, and yeah, I'm sure I've probably I've probably missed one or two in there as well, thinking off the top of my head. But we had, yeah, we bought in a few, and it's really helped us definitely. And to be honest, if we hadn't, with those injuries and suspension problems we had at the start of the season, we we'd have really struggled even more. So, what are the expectations for this season? I take it you're, um, you know, you'll be looking up towards the top of the table rather than rather than the bottom. On any any team in this league this year has got to look at it. That it's, it's an opportunity with top four, the top four that can go up. We've all got to look for those top four places. There's a couple of teams in there. You think already they they're going to be very strong, and you'd expect them to be up there. Um, but the, the good thing about this league is, I know it's a cliche, but anyone can beat anybody. Um, we've seen that with some of the results so far. Um, it's going to be really competitive, and if anybody puts together a run of wins. And you can be right up there challenging for promotion to the, to the Premier, and that's what exactly what we'll be telling our lads. I mean, you've probably come up against a couple of the sides that people will expect some big things of. I mean, in, in the form of Cheddar and, and Ashton and Backwell. I mean, have, have, uh, have you got your eye on any other teams at the moment in the first Yeah, division? and you, you'd, look, you'd look at them. Obviously, I think everyone in the league at the minute is talking about caution. Obviously, they've, um, they've definitely brought in some kind of some quite... Um, Big names in local football, uh, into from kind of higher leagues, etc. So they're definitely one that everyone's got an eye on. Um, and you, you look at the teams that were up there last year, the likes of Radstock, Sherbourne, etc. Um, again, Lebec, Lebec had started kind of very well. Obviously, we they lost to Ashton Backwell in the week, and they lost to us on Saturday. But on their day, they're capable of beating absolutely anybody, and a really, really good football inside. Um, this. There's so many that could be in there. Literally, the top four, I think, genuinely could be any combination of four teams from about 14 different teams. There's there's so many that can make a claim for it this year. Well, let's get back to matters on the pitch. You've got Welton Rovers coming up midweek and then Hengrove at the weekend. And those neither of those games are going to be easy for you, are they? No, definitely not. No, um, Welton, obviously, t- uh, Tuesday night, they've started really well. Um, started really well. I think they've got um, a, pretty much a new look side um, from last year, and it's going to be a very, very tough game. Third home game on the bounce, so we're just looking to take what we've done in the last two into that one. Um, Hengrove, a little bit of an unknown. I don't think we played them last year at all. In fact, no, we definitely didn't. Um, before kind of it, the, the season all got cut out, we didn't play them. So it's been a long time since we played Hengrove side, so I don't really know a lot about them, to be honest. So, um, again, a little bit of an unknown, um, but always a decent place to go. And again, we'll go in there kind of full of confidence and uh, confident, hopefully, getting a result. And for you personally, how are you finding managing in, in the new normal? I mean, the fans 
obviously, and, and your players are having to get used to, to some new restrictions on a on a match day. But I mean, uh, f- from your perspective as a manager, what 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 are the new regulations like? Are they affecting you know? Are they affecting your your match performance at all? Do you think? Yeah, they. I mean, they're the same for everybody. So I'd never kind of make an excuse about them or say, "Oh, they're affecting us," because they're the same for everyone. And there are restrictions, and there are things we've all got to jump to do that we haven't done before, and just procedures we've now got to do. But for me, it's simple. We would we do almost anything if, if it meant we could play. I hear people moaning, "Oh, we've got to do this, got to do that." Yeah, you have, and so is everybody else. But for me, we just got to get on with it because the alternative is not playing, um, and that's that's a real grim alternative. We all had that for six, seven months, and we saw what the alternative was. So now we've got these new procedures we've got to go through, and the new the new methods, and giving team talks out on the pitch at times, and, and all that. But it, it, is it ideal? No. Would I pick to do it? No. Would I? choose to do that rather than not play yeah absolutely 100% so it's um yeah for me it's it's not it's not great but we just got to get on with it now, one final thing before I let you go, Chris, and appreciate your time. Um, like many people, I will have seen the reports on social media that um, you suffered some vandalism at, at your at your club. It's something that I know certain at, at one time or another has probably affected every club across the Tool Station Western League. But when we see these examples, we see the pictures that were posted. It reminds us, you know, of these of these crimes and how. These crimes affect clubs like yours that sit at the very heart of your communities. It's it's difficult for us. It must have been absolutely heartbreaking for you. Yeah, it was. I'm not gonna lie, it was absolutely gutting. Um during the during the off period where we did have so long without a game, um, the, the committee, uh, different volunteers from the ta- uh, from the town, my, my management team and the players themselves all spent a lot of hours at the ground making it look the best it's ever looked. Um, More Lane has never looked as good as it does. It's painting, strimming, um, doing things with the pitch, painting the dugouts, painting the individual seats on the stands. The playing slugs they themselves gave up so many hours just to get the place looking as good as possible. So to then get people come down purely because they found it was funny to do something like that was ridiculous. I mean, they'd they poured paint all over the seats, pulled down advertising boards, pulled down fencing. Um, but the, the more kind of concerning thing, they'd ripped open the doors on the generator, cut fuel wires, cut electric wires, poured paint all in it, poured, um, let the fuel kind of leak all into the generator. Um, just, a, just a brainless nightmare thing to do. Um, we, we're really, really fortunate, actually, um, that... Um, a few local people offered to help um, and because we had a midweek, I think that happened on a Thursday and we had a midweeker on the Tuesday night so we needed the floodlights etc so we needed the generator all up and running we're really fortunate that um, we were able to get the game on with help from um, people giving up their own time um, to come and help uh, get the generator back up and running and, and off the back of that as well we've had a local, a local company Harmony Fire who have no connection with a football club whatsoever. Just approach us out the blue and say they wanted to offer us um, some CCTV system free of charge. So hopefully it would eradicate anything like that happening again in the future, which is amazing. And to be honest, the support, the support and uh, response from people in the local community of Wincanton, but 
kind of the wider football family has been absolutely amazing. As the, um, the gestures of goodwill and offers of support have been brilliant all around. And my thanks to Chris for his time. Now then, Tom, um, our next job is to take a look at the upcoming fixtures. Um, a full league programme on Saturday the 3rd of October. And um, which, t- which game has caught your eye in the Premier Division? Quite a few to pick from this weekend, I thought. But yeah, the one I plumped with, uh, Tavistock uh, hosting Roman Glass St George. Can... Can Tavistock break down uh, Roman Glass, who has, as we, as we, as we alluded to, four clean sheets and four wins on the bounce, uh, and also can they slow down uh, Ben Bamman? Uh, yeah, absolutely flying for, for the glass at the moment. But Tavistock themselves uh, a pretty, pretty decent start. So that was the game that I'm, uh, yeah, picked out from this weekend's uh, fixtures. Well, some real belters um, in the uh, in the Premier Division um, on Saturday. We could have had a number of games, I think, that would have been that would have given us good value. I'm going to go for. Um, Plymouth Parkway at home to Shepton Mallet. I mean, I think most people would make Parkway uh, favourites for this one, particularly given that they're at home. But I think Shepton Mallet would take that all day long. I'm, I'm sure there would there would be nothing that would please the Somerset side more than going down um, to Plymouth and uh, causing an upset there. And I'm absolutely positive that Parkway won't be taking that game lightly because Shepton, as we discussed earlier in the podcast have started this season very well. So I think that will be... Uh, that's my pick in the Premier Division. Moving down to the First Division, Tom, what game catches your eye there? First Division, uh, I went for Carlton versus Wells. So they played uh, a different match. I think Carlton have played three uh, and Wells two at the the time of recording. Uh, but both 100% record so far. So uh, it's 59th. But uh, yeah, both both perfect starts to, to their league campaigns. And uh, yeah... Big game, I reckon. Two of the teams that, that did well last year, so it'll be uh, yeah an early season uh, treat for the fans that that, that head down to to Carl on Saturday afternoon. Yes, I think that will be a that will be a belter. Um, I'm um, I'm going to go for Cheddar against Corsham Town. Cheddar, fortunately, have just hit a good run of form. They've had some good results uh, of late, and I, they'll need to take that form, mm-hmm. I think, into um, into that game against uh, Corsham if if their performance away at Radstock was anything to go by. But in all seriousness, I'm sure that um, Cheddar will give a really good account of themselves and a stiff test um, for the, uh, the the Wiltshire the Wiltshire side there. So yes, my pick is. Cheddar against Corsham Town. Now then, Tom, um, we have of course been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Uh, where can the uh, where can the listeners find that? That is on the homepage of the uh, the Western League uh, website. It's about halfway down, isn't it? I think. Um, and that's yeah, it's in the new revamp format, uh, and also can be downloaded uh, as a as a Word and PDF uh, doc as well. So uh, yeah, about halfway down the homepage to the left hand side. By where you can also find the podcast uh, and the galleries as well. So uh, yeah, good, good, good setup on the new website, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, everyone's able to to find where the uh, the bulletin uh, lies now. And it's going to get a little bit bigger, isn't it, as of as of next week as we head oh, yes. into October? I believe we might have some some league tables depending on uh, yeah uh, depending on how I how I, how I see fit with uh, with with fixtures and whatnot coming up. So yeah, just. Seeing if it's got enough validity with with teams having maybe only played once or twice, but yeah, uh, definitely some league tables coming up soon. 
<laughs> I, I, th I think we have got to that point, haven't we? Where you know, where you, you and I, albeit that we try to be purists about this thing, and we don't, <laughs> we can't possibly look at the league tables as early. It's almost impossible, no. isn't it? When we look to see how and what, whether you know, whether sides are in good form or not, it's almost impossible at the moment not to see just you know how high they are sitting in their respective league. So I think we probably, we've probably got to that um, that stage of the season. I think we've done well to sort of suppress our enthusiasm. Um, for this long, but um, we look forward to uh, having a little bit of a uh, look at that uh, on next week's podcast. Um, if you are going to a game on uh, on Saturday, then please um, stay safe. Of course, we're having to get used to the new normal, which means lots of restrictions, not just if you want to go down the pub, but even if you want to take in a tall station Western League football match, um, ordering at your table, standing two metres apart from, from all of your mates. Uh, I know it's not the easiest thing to do, but our club volunteers are really doing their very best to try and keep us playing. There are some leagues at our level that haven't started playing yet, and there are other leagues that are very much under the pump when it comes to the restrictions that are being put in across the country. At the moment, the southwest of England has managed to avoid those, and we will hopefully do so for as long as humanly possible. Um, but the humanly possible bit is where you come in. If you can maintain the social distancing regulations, if we can keep giving our information for test and trace, then hopefully we can keep the Tool Station Western League playing for as long as possible, which is a huge testament to the volunteers that run our clubs and give us the enjoyment that we that we have every Saturday afternoon and midweek evening. But um, from Tom and myself, you've been listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast.